Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the Game Week 14 pod of the FPL Wire, powered by Dreamset Go. I'm your host, Zofa, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Late Riser. How are you doing, buddy? I don't think we need to talk about how I'm doing. You're the one that's flying. Why don't you gloat for a change? <laughs> I got very lucky that Kane wasn't really an issue this week. Party finally came through, so I got a bit lucky there. Bakar was gleaming um, year to year. How, no, 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 no. Before we move on, I, I need to get this out of your mouth first. How many points did you score, off? 71. And what's your rank right now, 16.5k. Why don't you tweet about that or talk about that, Zof? I don't know. I feel weird tweeting about points that the players scored on the pitch. I'm just getting lucky by picking them. That's, that's so far for you. He'll never gloat, so I need to do the gloating for him. Uh, tell us about Bakar. He had a good week too. He was gleaming, you were saying? Yeah, 72. He, he sent me a sneaky message when the Spurs game was called off. He's like, ooh, this might work in our favor. Bakar, don't do that. Don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's had a fair few good weeks. I think he's risen from about 250, 300k to what, 30, 30-ish k mm. at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. So, good on you, Bakar. Yes. He's not going to be with us until the 10th of December because apparently, apparently he's reading he's reading he's uh, he's studying apparently wow I'm sure uh, that's uh, probably not the case but uh, anyway I I got uh, I had a fabulous week in Goa I was there for most part of the week absolutely switched off from all the football and uh, got 59 points uh, uh, feel terrible about that Spurs game called off because uh, it's not about who you get on as uh, bench points and that's a separate story. But it's about the planning that you do for a Spurs team. And Luke if you ask me, I think the Moneyball fixture for Kane was this one. He loves going to Turf Moor as we were talking about it earlier. 
and the other games feel like uh, games in which Spurs won't hog that much position as much as the Burnley game. So felt a little hard done by, but the, I console myself saying that uh, we get the rub of the green as often and we just don't look at that. So There's nothing yeah. you can do. These are things that factor beyond the control. Just brush it off. Don't feel bad. It's just things that happen. And eventually, I think there's a lot more chaos coming in December, Jan with weather and COVID. So you might be on the better end of it. Who knows? Just pure luck. Exactly, exactly. Just uh, to our listeners, we're going to try keeping this shorter than usual because of the quick turnaround times. So whenever there's going to be, uh, you know, midweek, uh, game weeks, etc., we'll try uh, pushing in a 30-40 minute pod. Keep it snappy, stick to the relevant stuff. So let's push on with it, Zoff. Let's go. Quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is India's first sports travel and experiences platform, offering a range of premium end-to-end authentic experiences across football, cricket, tennis, F1, rugby, and golf, among others. From match day hospitality to VIP stadium tours, from private meet and greets with athletes and legends to exclusive access with their training sessions, Dreamset Go curates the most fulfilling sports travel packages for fans like you. And all the stats that you see on our pod are from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. You need to log on to fantasyfootballscout.co. You can become a member. It's really, really useful. And uh, if you do decide to become a member, click on the link in the description below. Uh, also, uh, you know, we're doing everything we can to push as much content as well. I mean, here, uh, we're trying to push out a pod before we get to work. Uh, so if you do want to support us, you can log on to patreon.com forward slash the FPL via. All our content is free. This is just to show us some support. Right. Heads off. How's you, how do you want to do this? Let's just go game by game. And I don't think we necessarily review what happened in the game per se. And wait, I've got the wrong image up over here. <laughs> this is what happens when we go ad hoc. Let me fix that over here. Yeah, very quickly. That's fine. Uh, uh, just uh, guys, hold on to your super chats right until the end. We'll probably do maybe a two or three minute question Q&A section. So just hold on to that until then because we want to try keeping this as snappy as possible. Good to go, Zoff? Good to go, good to go. It's fixed now. All right. Arsenal, Newcastle. FPL takeaways from this game? I thought Smithrow was very unlucky not to get anything, not to get a goal or assist. He seems to be getting not the volume of chances, but the quality of chances because he should have had the assist also for the shot that Orba yeah. took. Defensively, Arsenal looked pretty good. Yeah. Do you think we... And, uh, the takeaway for me was that uh, maybe we should start looking closer to a certain Tomiyasu. Because he's still cheap and uh, doesn't really have uh, any competition on that side. And while we're looking at Mitchell Aguay from Palace, Arsenal's a decent bet as well if you want to dive into that 4.5 million midfield bracket where you want a little certainty. And he's getting into the box a lot more than he did previously. So something to take note of. Uh, so what happened, I think there's a change now without Tierney in the team. I think with Tierney in the team, there were a lot more lopsided. Tommy Yasu wasn't committing as forward. Now with Tavares in there, it's a bit more balanced. Both fullbacks are pushing up. Got it. Uh, there was an echo issue. It's sorted now. Uh, it's all good. Uh, it's sorted now. It's sorted now. The chat is saying it's sorted. Good. What do you make of Wilson? Too late to go there now? Wilson, the thing is, I don't think Norwich are that bad. I'm seeing improvements on Norwich and Burnley is a bit tricky. And then the fixtures get go south really fast. So I'd skip it. I'd, I'd actually back yeah. Norwich in the next game. Not Newcastle. Exactly, yeah. 
I'm in the market for a striker. Maybe if uh, we get uh, negative news on Foden later today in pre Pep's press conference. Uh, and I'm actually looking and considering Team Pokey quite uh, heavily. I also think it's quite late uh, for Callum Wilson as an option because you have two game weeks out of which Norwich are much improved and then you move on. Palace Villa, FPL takeaways. You were considering Gallagher. I'm still considering Gallagher and the thing is, Milivojevic was pretty poor that game and there's a lot of talk amongst the fan forums that he's going to be dropped and Vieira said something about rotation. So at least for the next game, you're going to see Gallagher on a lot of set pieces and I think he's one of the most secure starters in the Palace team. Even with the depth they have in the squad, I think he's going to play the majority of the games and the fixtures are good. Quick look at their fixtures. Leeds, United, Everton, Southampton, Watford, Tottenham, Norwich... All up to game week 20, bit of a set and forget. Yeah, I thought he looked really, really sharp. And with Gallagher, right? Uh, yes, positioning helps with him. But every time I see him, he's probably the second best or if not the best player on the pitch. The, the guy has so much quality on the ball. So even if he's playing a little deep, his, his passes are so accurate that I reckon he'll always be in and amongst the mix. Even if he's playing deep, he knows how to time his runs really, really well. So I think he's a good pick. There was some talk about him being a little deeper when mm -hmm. Eze came on. In the last 25 minutes. So that is something on monitoring. But I don't think uh, he's going to be anything but a box-to-box -box midfielder. And Vera is not going to stop him from making those runs into the box. Definitely. I think he's the best attacking pick in that game, in that uh, team. Villa, not much to talk about in terms of FPL. I think they want to monitor for two to three weeks later. Yeah, but uh, uh, as much as nailed as uh, Watkins might be, uh, I'm more and more interested in Villa's defense rather than their attack. So nothing from... a uh, uh, one thing I want to talk about maybe is if uh, Ashley Young starts uh, continues to play in the front three. 4.7 million Aston Villa defender who was playing in the front three. And Gerard spoke about how he was really impressed uh, with Young in training as well. And he's played with him in the England camp previously also. So that's a situation worth monitoring. But again, with at his age, is he going to play back-to-back -back games in this period? No, but if he's first choice and if he's, if you kind of know that he's going to play one and two... Could be a useful asset. If he's playing in the front three for a Villa team, I think it's a different proposition. Dialing back to Palace again, Benteke, quite poor. And I think don't think he's going to start against Leeds. I think it's going to be Edward. It could be Edward flanked by Zaha and uh, Olis. And Olis then... also didn't have a good game. I'd like to see Ayewu. Zaha, Ayewu. Or... Just a general more mobile team against Leeds. Yeah. That's what you need. And Eze could... Uh... Easily play on the flank as well. He's he's a little uh, flexible in terms of the positions he can occupy on the field as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm quite encouraged by uh, Crystal Palace's uh, current fix fixture this week because Leeds didn't look that good uh, at all against Brighton. So I think Gallagher could get some points in this one. What do you think? Because I might be in the bracket for a mid-price midfielder and we're looking at Gundogan around the six and a half. 7 million range. What do you think about Zaha? Because like we've spoken, the fixtures are there. He's talismanic, going to probably play 90 minutes or at least 80. You know, he's nailed on. He might miss 1 in 6 or 7. So, I think his appeal goes as uh, goes up, especially during this period. What are your thoughts there? What I didn't like was that he was subbed off when they needed a goal. That says it all to me about his place right now in the pecking order. I don't think Vieira keeps him as highly as, let's say, a Hodson did. All right. And if, if you had to pick one between uh, ESR and Gallagher at the moment, you'd pick? I'd pick Gallagher because I'm all about the underlying numbers. If somebody has numbers, I'll always prefer him because I think ESR is doing a little bit what Ramsey did at one mm -hmm. season. He's getting one good chance. 
every game, not getting a high volume of chances. So I'd always back the guy with the volume to do a little bit better. Cool. One uh, more thing about on. the Palace defense I wanted to touch upon is that this guy is injured. Anderson. Right yes. now we see Tompkins in a partnership with Guehi. I don't think that partnership is as good as it was with Anderson. So Palace, although the numbers are good, they've conceded just one big chance in the last four games. I think the defense isn't as good with those two guys in the middle. Yeah, and uh, set-piece problems as well. You'd actually be encouraged. Uh... As a Rafinha owner, you should expect something from a set-piece at least the next game. Move on to Liverpool. I think we might have lost. Ella, are you here with us? Disconnected. I think LR has dropped out, guys. He's going to be back here in a second. There he is. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Is my mic go. on mute? No, no, it's fine. I can hear you fine. All right, cool. Let's go. Just dropped out for a second. Yep. What Liverpool, were we talking about? Liverpool, Southampton. Just getting into that. I think there's no need to really talk about Jota. We've spoken about him enough. I just want to say that if you don't own Jota, Salah and Trent, prioritize these three transfers and then look at everything else. In do whatever you as need to do. As... If you have to sell Foden, even if Foden is fit and, Dick, and Pep says Foden is going to start, still buy Jota. Yeah. We've been shouting since the past few weeks that Jota without Firmino is probably the second best pick in the game. So don't overthink that. Southampton, uh, Ralph admitted that uh, he made a mistake going with so many strikers up top. Uh, absolutely got murdered. Uh, in that first half but I think he's going to learn from that I think so I don't think he's going to he said so very much so he pretty much held his hands up and said I got it completely wrong the first half we tried to take the game to Liverpool it's not, he's not going to do that again and uh, any of the strikers an option at the moment Armstrong has been clocking some really really good numbers uh, he's uh, I think top for second behind Salah for non pen XG last four game weeks uh, behind Jota, not Salah. So, but the fixtures go a bit south. I was reading somewhere out of that 11 of 13, Southampton's next three fixtures are three in the FDR ticker they use. So you see Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, Palace, Brentford, West Ham, Tottenham. I would probably say in my one clean sheet there, two clean sheet there in terms of potential for defense is not much. And even in terms of attack, look at the opponents yeah. they're playing. Leicester, probably the most, obli- most obliging opposition there. In the short yeah, term. Yeah. And you have Brentford all the way in 18. Yeah, Brentford, Arsenal and uh, Palace are pretty decent teams in defence. Actually, not Brentford. Brentford is terrible. Brentford is terrible. Brighton, team. Arsenal, Palace are still good. West Ham is still good. Spurs by game week 20, they should be a different animal. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, right, so avoid that. And I still prefer Puki at that price point at the moment. So. Correct. Uh, speaking about Pookie, Norwich versus Wolves uh, up next. I thought Norwich completely dominated that game. Uh, and uh, they've been pulling up some trees, you know, in the past few weeks. Uh, in the last six matches, they've kept three clean sheets. So they're get, keeping a clean one in two and conceded only four goals. And their underlying numbers are pretty strong as well. Conceded, what, 0.27 XG to Wolves as well. Uh, and Puki got some chances. I think he had like four or five decent chances. Very good chances. Uh, 0.78, 0.8 XG or something. He had one very good one-on-one, which he really should have scored. They dominated them completely, and Wolves are a good side. We always talk about how Wolves give a lot of teams trouble. Norwich were very unlucky not to get three points here. They barely conceded. I think they conceded only 0.27 XG, and they clocked 1.31 themselves. Yeah, The fixtures are a little so-so, but uh, as a squad... Uh, enabler at 5.8 million 
I think which is Pookie's price. I I don't mind it. What do you think? I think Pookie is going to go ballistic against Newcastle. I'm backing Norwich in that game. I like that. I like that a lot because uh, if Foden isn't fit, we'll talk about my transfers later. He's uh, on my watch list. And I've been bigging Pucky up for like a while. Even last part, I remember saying it. I genuinely think there is some sort of revival coming. I like what Smith is doing because Smith has abandoned this whole free-flowing football, gung-ho approach that Fark sort of tried to bring with. I know Fark went defensive later on. But yeah. Smith has taken a very pragmatic approach and I think he's playing to the squad's strengths. Yep, yep. One thing worth noting though is that uh, Norman might be injured and he's an important, important player in that midfield. I think he has an abductor issue. And we don't know how long that injury might be. So, we might get news in the presser today. I don't think there was a Norwich presser press conference yesterday. So, just watch out for that. In terms of Wolves, the fixtures go south after this week. But against Burnley, yeah. now Burnley are without Tarkovsky and Westwood. That carries over I, because of the Spurs game. I know. I know. I was a Kane owner. I was looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after the uh, good run of fixtures is done, I think you get rid of your Wolves assets. I mean, people probably own Jimenez at the moment. Uh, give him this game and then get rid. Get rid. Right. Yeah. Move on to Brighton. Yeah, Brighton versus Leeds United. Uh, first of all, uh, I can't understand how Brighton fans booed that performance against Leeds United. They were great. It's Leeds is not an easy team to play against. They absolutely dominated them. I understand the frustration that you're not finishing the chances, but... I mean, your team was playing terrible football two years ago uh, and not really being good to watch. Right now, you're eighth in the league ahead of my club and doing so well with a great future. And you have probably one of the highest rated young managers in the country. I don't think Potter's going to forget that easily. I think uh, it will make a difference when there's a chance of a renewal of a contract or if other big clubs come knocking. And he's he's not going to say, oh, these guys love me and uh, all of that. So that's that. I, I was just flabbergasted by that. It's just frustration. It's just venting of frustration because at not winning the game because it was such a one-sided game. Yep. Yep. yep Let's yep. talk uh, about Lamptey. Lamptey. I think the talk has to be about Lamptey this game. What a performance. Five, I think five or six chances created by far the best player on the pitch. And now he literally doesn't have to defend at all. They stuck him on the right wing. Yep. Yeah. But I wonder how long that is happening because right now what Potter is doing is he's managing his fitness really, really well. Uh, and uh, he mentioned before his previous game in the press conference as well that he's not putting Lamptey as a wing back and as a winger uh, because he doesn't want Lamptey to run so much. Even he got mm. subbed out from the 77th minute. So he's managing his fitness. Is he an FPL option? If Potter's managing his fitness 70, 75 minutes, I don't know if I mind. I don't, I don't mind it. It's interesting because I was watching FML yesterday and Walsh mentioned that he's a good pick because he's not getting like, you know, the rubbish goals conceded right at the end, like we saw with City. The, yeah. la- the goals that are conceded right at the end, he's pulled out before that. So I think it all depends on the structure of your squad. I expect him to play a similar games number of games as, say, an Alonso. So I think he's okay if you're looking at him as maybe your third or fourth defender and you have rotation options to back up. But if you're looking at, at him, let's say, as like, your fifth defender as a replacement for Livramento, as somebody you need to come off the bench, I don't think he's reliable enough to... He might not play when you need him to play. Ah, uh, but... Uh, I mean, we discussed Livramento's fixtures. They don't really look that good from a defensive point of view either, you know, so... That's true. Upside might be worth it, you know, what I'm saying? Like, okay, you get two points from a bench point and you have that safety net, but... I mean, it's a process I go through every time I decide I'm not going to buy Lamptey because he's injury-prone. He's like, he's going to get rotated. Then I've watched Lamptey play. And then, oh, I want to get Lamptey. And then yeah. again, I di- get dialed back to, oh, no, he might not play all the games. So it's just a constant battle in my head with Lamptey. I love watching him play. 
And the problem is, even though he's creating 100 chances, Brighton will probably finish two of them. That's another that, problem. That, that, that's, that's a big issue with that team at the moment. I mean, I had Neil Maupay first sub, and I, he was very likely to play, right? So, I mean, I was listening to the uh, text commentary, and all I was hearing is Neil Maupay is missing chance after chance. I happened to see the highlights yesterday also. Uh, now, there's one player I want to have a bias with and not bring him in my team, and I think that's probably going to be Neil Maupay. Terrible, terrible. Uh, Leeds United, I thought, were quite poor. Rafinha poor. wasn't... One wasn't of the quietest games I had Rafinha. I wonder if he was fully fit after his illness or whatever he missed last week. He didn't look it. And maybe Brighton just have Leeds number. That's three clean sheets in three games for Potter against Bielsa. Yeah, it might suit him. Uh, good news is Bamford clocked 97 minutes uh, last night in a game against the under-23s, for the under-23s. So I think maybe a week before he's back playing for Leeds and that's only going to lift both uh, Bamford and Rafina's value as FPL assets. The thing is the fixtures turn south uh, in very two south, as well. Very quick. Because I don't even think the Palace game is an easy one and then you have Brentford. I think I like that fixture. But after that, then you play City away, Chelsea away. Two of the most tough fixtures in the league. I think you play five of the most informed defences in a row. You're playing Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Villa. Like, it's, 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 it's a catalog of uh, teams who don't concede many chances back to back so uh, and they're not the same a... team they're not the same team that go full gung-ho also right yeah. we saw that away to city also how they set up last year they set up in a more defensive way to counter so it's not like when he first saw last year heavy metal football against any other team yep yep uh so if you own rafinha hold him for two and sell him uh definitely don't buy right now would be my recommendation in general, Leeds, uh, I'm a bit worried for them. They need their players back. You need Click back. You need Bamford back. Yep. Yep. Uh, people are asking about the Duffy situation. I'm probably getting rid because you need somebody more reliable in this uh, Christmas period. And uh, if they're going to persist with two at the back, there's even more competition. So uh, I think he's a sell at the moment. And dropping in value quickly. 4.2. He dropped in he dropped value tonight, today morning. Today morning, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think he's simply, he's just not part of the first choice Back three, I think in the beginning of the season, it was just performances that were keeping him in. Right. Uh, Brentford versus Everton. You want to talk about Brentford? Tony had only one shot. That was the penalty. So in, the attacking numbers were very, very poor, Brentford, even though they managed to nick all three points. And what the one stat that stood out to me, and shout out to Stevie, I test FPL. You guys can have a look over there. He's done a bit of a study on this game. Rondon had five shots against Brentford and so that just gives you an example of how much space Kane is going to get the game after that yeah so, yep, I mean if there's one thing uh, Kane owners deserve after that Burnley is at least one return in that game against Everton more than uh, one more than one I would say it's been a long time coming yeah, I'm just curbing my expectations there but I mean Tony's still an easy hold because the thing with Tony is even if he's not going to be involved uh, as the goal scorer he did create that great chance for uh, Yanit I think yeah, it, it was. Yeah, so easy hold, going to play 90 through this Christmas period, which I think is absolutely crucial. As we saw in the game against Everton, you can get a penalty literally anytime. What a great penalty that was. He's he's such a stud, man. I fucking, I love it. Like, we're just watching almost, him. Almost, almost, almost. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Bumo, what do you think about that? Bumo had two shots, but very low XG chances. And they're not creating the chances. The whole point of Bumo, the appeal was earlier that they were creating loads of chances. He's not even hitting the post anymore. He's not really hitting anything. So I think, but it's tricky now because the fixtures after Spurs are Leeds, which is away. Away, I don't like. I think Leeds are still pretty strong at home. 
I think they're a better team than Brentford. And then you have Watford, which is a big game for them. So might be worth holding for Leeds and Watford alone. Do you think he has yeah. rotated at all with uh, Visa or Foss? I don't. I don't think so. Because the with the smallest squads, the gap in quality is big. And what we've seen previously, I don't know uh, what uh, their manager is going to do, but what we've seen previously is these managers, they actually play weaker teams versus the stronger opposition where they're not expecting to get points. Mm. For them, the bigger games are against a similar level opposition, right? So I think if he's rested, it might be in a game like Spurs or something like that, you know? Uh, so that's 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 my thing. Makes more sense. They have to cherry pick the fixtures they can pick points in. So I think Tony is a definite hold and the main advantage with Tony and we say it again and again is minutes. You're yep. getting 90 minutes, you don't have to worry about and we having players such as like, you know, your James, Cancelo, Alonso's, etc. in a squad, you need these 90-minute guys. And with, with Bumo as well, I'll say it, if you have other fires in your team, I wouldn't shift him. I think uh, he's still a pretty attacking player, he's still out of position. Yes, his underlyings haven't been great, but uh, if you have other fires, there's, there's no other standout 5.5-6 million option maybe except ESR? for Neto. Yes, sir. But yeah, it, it's the gap isn't that big that you hurry to make that move or you hurry mm. to remove him. You know what I I'm don't saying? necessarily like, agree because you look at ESRs because I'm actually eyeing up that move, not right away. But like obviously Arsenal play United, United are looking better. We'll talk about that. But then after that, you have Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Norwich for Arsenal. So the fixtures get better and I'm convinced now ESR is an absolute nailed on pick in that team. He's not getting yeah. rotated. That's a good tip. The fixtures are something I hadn't noticed. So... That looks like a good move, given the fixtures. So let's have a look. In terms of Everton, not much to talk about. Uh, defensively conceded the most number of big chances in the league since game week six, which was their last win. So the only thing I have to say about Everton is captain Mo Salah. Yep. How do you think they'll be defensive in the derby? I think they will they'll set up not to lose. That's Benita's first outlook, I guess. But I think uh, Salah's a man for uh, the occasion. He thrives in these big games and it's the Merseyside derby. And he'll be aware that he hasn't scored as well. And uh, the, he's the kind of player who's going to realize that. Uh, I'm not taking we, that. He, uh, like, let's actually dial that back up. But we didn't talk about that on Liverpool. Salah's underlines have actually dropped a little bit since Jota has come into the team. And I do think out of you, if you look at the front three, he's actually the least selfish, you would say. Out of Mane, yep. Jota, or Salah, he's actually the most creative also. Of the three. Yep. 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 I agree. He's routes two points. I still am not comfortable because with Jota, you still know uh, that he's a good finisher. He's not an elite finisher. So you could have that day where he gets three chances and doesn't finish any of them. With Salah, you know that he'll finish one and two at least. So, and he's capable of attacking as well. So I still don't see myself moving away from Salah. No, I, think so I don't think so. There's anybody strong enough. I would have maybe suggested Kane if he saw something against Burnley, right? It's yeah. difficult to like go on a blind alley with Kane. The that narrative person. that people will say is that, okay, he's had three days of extra rest and more training. But you haven't seen anything from uh, Spurs to see they're capable of scoring three goals. So, you, And you've seen that from Liverpool week on week. They've scored, uh, I heard this on Baker's pod, where uh, they've scored at least two goals in the last 16 Premier League games. Now, that's all you need to know. Uh, about when it comes to who to captain streak. Move on to yeah. Leicester Watford. Could barely see the ball in this game, so there's not much to read about from the game. But I think what we need to talk about rather than the points gained already from Vardy is Roger's comment yesterday. I don't have the exact comment, but he indicated that to Vardy to manage his fitness to maintain peak sharpness, 
he cannot really play three games a week. So that would imply that I think he would miss one game out of the next two. Yep, yep. What he's basically said is Vardy, he thought Vardy would lose his, lose his speed, but Vardy has actually worked with Rogers a lot in terms of buying tons of equipment that help him recover recover quickly. He's paying a lot more attention to what he's eating, what he's doing, what his lifestyle is like so that he can last longer. And you, you can see it, he's not lost his pace as such. Uh, he still has that acceleration to move past defenders in the runs that he's making. Uh, but uh, you should talk about this. You're cons- you were on the edge about holding or selling uh, Wadi and now you're thinking of selling. Yes, I don't think I'm keeping. So the thing is, if you remember the last spot, it was always I was very clear that Wadi is going after Watford. Bakker and I said yeah. the exact same thing. But as yeah. soon as a player scores a brace, and the important thing was Madison, I thought looked really good. And Madison is ultimately the supply line for Wadi, especially with Telemans out. So I was a little bit hesitant. Now I think he's going to go for Kane, and even if he starts and braces, I'm not really bothered because after a comment like that, I simply can't risk it. And having actually made a point gain of, let's say, 12 from, some, like, you know, I think Vardy was close to 20% ownership, gain was close to 50. I don't want that to be reversed this week with, like, a Vardy one-pointer and a Kane brace. I'm willing to give up the four points to make that up this week. Fair enough, fair enough. And I think you're in a decent position. And what I like about that move is you're still holding 11 uh, 11.5, 12-odd million in that premium striker spot because uh, Lukaku is coming. Talk about Lukaku's and coming. Ronaldo also, we'll, let's, we'll talk about soon because I'm a bit worried about Ronaldo in the Christmas period. I know we've been bigging him up. We, we'll move to that. Uh, but let's talk about James Madison, who's emerged as an asset now. Uh, looked uh, very, very sharp. He spoke about how he's feeling a lot more confident now in this post-match interview. And he was very aware that he had three goals and four assists in his last five starts. He corrected the match of the day presenter as well, which is apparently something he does all the time. Uh, but uh, he's always much better as an asset when Leicester are playing four at the back and he's playing as a 10. I think this okay. position suits him a little more. Do you think he's an option? Madison is a tricky one. For me, the problem with Madison is, is always the pattern with Madison is 16, 2-2, 12, 2-2-2-2-20. It's, it's not a player who scores you consistent trickling over of points. And it was nice to see that his first goal wasn't usually like his, his usual goals either from a free kick, long-range streamer. Not for some place like, you know, a high XG shot within the box. I was happy to see him get into the, those positions. So in yeah. that sense, that was encouraging. He takes a lot of their set pieces. He might be on pens when Vardy is off the pitch. So yeah. it's a decent option because there's not really other like many mids in that six million bracket now. If you already have the likes of Gallagher and stuff, yeah, too. I think he's a good pick because his immediate fixtures, the next three, are really really good. And if are if, they, if you're diff- that's another thing I was looking at as a Vardy owner, Southampton. I was having a look at their home XGC is actually up there. Yeah, I know, but you fancy a. Uh, Leicester against Southampton, especially in this attacking. That form, fixture so. is just always a big fixture now for Saints, right? I know yeah, yeah. after the 9 0. No, but given the quality of the team, you, I think you fancy your Leicester attackers against Southampton, yeah. Villa, and Newcastle. Fancy, but I think against Villa, not so much, I think. I think Stevie is going to be very conscious of Vardy's strengths. Yeah, I know, but they're not poor fixtures as such. I they're understand. Poor, Villa but I don't think they're great fixtures either. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do buy that argument. And you'd probably save the million and go to ESR, is what you're saying? I think so. I, I think Madison is a good punt. Yeah. I just, I've just been trolled by Madison so many times in the past that there's a bit of a sour taste. I'm willing to give him a fresh slate, but I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from Leicester. It's, it's yeah. in, bad enough having an inconsistent Madison. Now you're having an inconsistent Madison in an inconsistent Leicester team. Yep. 
All right. Uh, Watford. Their defense is still poor. Just defense is still poor. That. I don't think they're really yeah. talk about. There's a bit to talk about in terms of Watford. They created quite a few chances, more than I thought they would. But again, I don't know how much to read into this game because the conditions were just awful. Yeah, but attacking-wise, I was just looking at some XG data. In the last four game weeks, only three teams are better than Watford for XG. City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Who did they play? Let me just quickly United, check. Leicester. Is the Everton game included in that sample size? Let me just quickly check what their uh, last four game weeks were. Uh, Leicester, United, Arsenal and Southampton. Not bad. I mean, they're decent fixtures and fourth for XGs. I mean, it, I, I, I haven't looked at them individually. It could be that... The United you know, game inflates game, it they could so much. Inflates it and all of that. But uh, they can attack. We know that. Uh, just to want to point out that, again, uh, they lose a lot of their attackers in uh, for the AFCON. I don't know what the situation is there. We should probably look that up before the next spot. Uh, but Dennis is a doubt also for this gaming. So before you buy him... Uh, just uh, wait on fitness news for Dennis. Uh, but King and Dennis, good enablers, no complaints there. Just as long as your team can handle AFCON and look into that situation first. I just worry about King if Dennis is proper injured and no SAR also because I just keep wondering where is their creativity coming from? Yeah. It's insane. Dennis is only behind Salah for returns in the last uh, few games. How insane is that? Right. Uh... What are Watford's fixtures like, though? The next Watford's two are different. Next to, next to a Man City-Chelsea. After that, it gets a little bit better. So, let's say you can uh, downgrade somebody like a Mopé to fund uh, Alonso in defence and get Dennis or King. Would you be against it at all? No, I wouldn't mind them as a sub-player. As yeah. like your first bench player. But I wouldn't want them as week-on-week starters. Cool. I, I'd say at least get King if you know that Dennis is going to AFCON. Look into that situation. And then make that transfer. Because if we are going to lose uh, Dennis in 21-22 for two game weeks, then it's not worth it. Move yeah. on. Man City. Yeah. yeah. Man City is a big talking point at the moment. Uh, at this point, we want to say that we are waiting for Pep Guardiola's press conference uh, later in the day for Foden News. But uh, my presumption is that he might be on the bench for the Villa game. And I think he might start the Watford game. Uh, based on what Guardiola said last Friday in his press conference where he said that uh, Foden looks a lot better and that uh, but he's still training individually and that was the case for Grealish as well he also said that De Bruyne we're waiting for De Bruyne to test positive uh, to test negative, <laughs> negative. at the moment uh, he's got some symptoms he can't smell taste all of that so uh, when we're talking about Gundogan who is on everybody's wish list at the moment I think those two factors also need to be factored in what's your take Gundogan looked really good in the past two games. He's yeah. making those shadow runs. Let's just, we'll talk about Foden soon, but before let's, let's talk about Gundogan. This is right around this period that we saw the spurt in his numbers. And I think Bakker sent me a good stat yesterday about his numbers specifically with Bernardo playing as an 8. Let me just look up those numbers for you. I'll find those. But While Zofar is finding those yeah. numbers, I just want to say there's about 500 of us watching us on a... Tuesday morning, I wasn't expecting that. I was telling Zoff I'd be happy with 100 viewers in the live stream. Founded of you all, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate the support and you guys being here in the morning as well. So this is something we might give a shot during the December crunch period. And while you're in there, just make sure you're hitting like and subscribe. I can't find the tweet exactly, but basically he had scored some 15 goals or something in 23 games with Bernardo as an 8. Yeah. This is this is where he runs started. Basically, Gundigan not playing is great for... Uh, sorry, KDB not uh, playing. De Bruyne not playing is great for Gundigan. So, but the thing is, 
how sure are we of De Bruyne not playing? Because if De Bruyne recovers, uh, that's he won't be back this... by this week. Because I think even after you test for negative for COVID, you need a week or so of training. So the problem happens after the next week. I think that's what 15, 16, around 16, 17. And I think he'll take some time to get up to speed as well. He just hasn't been really, really fit. I I feel like uh, Grealish will play in the middle uh, more often. Foden might play in the middle more often than De Bruyne does because he just hasn't been fit this season as yet as well. So we don't know what's going to happen. If you have to take the plunge, I'm not at all against it. Gundogan is a great pick. On penalties, was on some set pieces as well, despite Mahrez being on the pitch. Yeah, we saw he's on penalties. I think he had the ball when City had that penalty, I think, reversed. I remember he was holding the ball and stuff, so... I think yeah. he's definitely not penalties. And in general, there was a, we saw that comment from Pep also. Yeah. Where, where Pep says he's a key member of the team. So I think yeah. it's short term. I could like him quite a bit. Even for the next two to three weeks, you could see him getting 20, 25 points in those weeks. As a short term punt, I think also he's... Even with KDB back, I still think when he's in a good vein of form, he is going to get forward. The yeah. question... I- I do expect him to play four and five irrespective, and same is for Bernardo as well. I just I think both are good picks. In With terms Foden, of pecking order, sorry, in terms of pecking order, Bernardo or, or Gundogan right now? I know you're big on Bernardo. Change. That penalty thing changes it for me, because pens can come in any game, and penalties change it for me. Foden to Gundogan, would that move appeal to you if you had no other fires? If I was funding a big upgrade elsewhere, maybe. But uh, it's only 0.8, and, uh, so it's not getting you much money or 0.7 or whatever it is. It's on the edge. I'm not against it, but I feel like Foden is still the better FPL pick. He's still the more direct player. He's still going to be more involved. If both are on the pitch at the same time, Foden's going to be more involved in the point. Even with Grealish injured, the problem with Grealish being injured is Foden gets tasked with providing the width on the left side. Yep. Not doesn't come central as much. That's my concern. Yeah. But I think uh, Grealish will also... I think Grealish is pretty much on the same trajectory as Foden, fitness-wise. So I expect them to get fit around the same time as well. So I don't think that should be in your consideration. It's not like Grealish is far away mm-hmm. from fitness as well. So And these are long-term picks. You want your City assets under 21. Uh, so I don't know if I juggle... I want to juggle too much. At the moment, it's funding me... Uh, if I uh, get uh, remove Neil Mopay, it's funding... Uh, Decent striker in Puki for me instead of going for a 4.4 million base striker. So that's a big upgrade in that position. I'll talk to you uh, about that later because I think we need to future plan our transfers for the two teams we haven't spoken about it, and that's West Ham and United. We need to keep these, uh, West Ham and Man United, I think we need to keep these things in mind as well when future planning our transfers at the moment. So we'll discuss that later. Discuss that. Just before we move on from Man City, I think if you already own Jota, Buddhagan would be my next priority in terms of buy this week. I'm quite bullish on his prospects. If yep, you have I a transfer, buy Gundogan. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Nothing against it. Uh, uh, West Ham, anything to talk about? They didn't offer much in the second half. First half, they offered a little bit. But I would say Antonio looked a bit better. Looked a bit exactly. more aggressive. A bit more positive body language. He looked sharper. Yep, yep. And there's still no real good uh, options. If you're an Antonio owner and you've lasted this long, I think you hold now. Uh, because I think the Brighton game is also going to be pretty decent for West Ham. And after that, it's not long before the good fixtures start rolling. So I have a you, sneaky uh, feeling he's going to score against Chelsea as well. Especially yeah. if Kante isn't back. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, hold on to Antonio and look at Bowen still. Nothing has changed in my opinion there. Uh, the formation that Moes played against City was very specific to City. He mentioned that in his post-match interview as well. So don't worry about too much. Ben Rama is injured, so that do you think that changes the players who play? Changes anything for them? 
he's injured and he's uh, going to be going to afcon as well right so uh, bowen I mean, is near I, I mean afcon is quite far less it's about 6 weeks away let's talk about the immediate short term impact i don't think so cuz it makes bowen more nilled is a point i yeah. guess i was trying to make no, that's it that's it bowen's more nilled i wouldn't worry about bowen hmm. move on yep chelsea united uh, your team worked really hard and managed to get a point against us congratulations <laughs> to you well i deserve that i deserve that you know there's the few things more certain than united scoring after everything yeah. that's been happening so far all the all the stars aligned in such a way and yeah. what you know what i noticed this in my message a lot of my friends in the first 5 minutes is that united have turned up but tell in the first 5 minutes the way that the players were pressing the way the players were generally giving a shit to put it like yeah. in other words the you could see that they were actually up for i mean the formation and tactics whatever you call it the players bought into it yep yep i thought we were solid i mean we gave you a, maybe a slight volume of chances but none of except for the rudiger one at the end none of them were like big chances no there were two there were two i think that the hudson adoy one right in the beginning yeah, of right, an right alonso pass yeah, i think that was yeah. possibly the best chance of the game and if you yeah. score that the entire trajectory yeah. of the game changes the game changes yeah game state like we talk about uh, uh, i mean a lot of people were telling me oh you don't come to chelsea and get so much possession i'm like no this is exactly how i'd want to set up against this chelsea team i'd want us to park and try getting us on the counter it's very happy with ronaldo being benched i was very happy with rashford and sancho being the two outlets on the counter maybe he tried to pin back your full backs a little as well it didn't work but i, I was happy with the thinking behind the setup as well no problems with it uh, but from an fpl point of view i want to ask you i'm considering alonso uh, that slight uh, shift uh, in the 75th minute big talking point still a buy zof i think so and what was interesting i think we took a ridiculous number of corners i think 12 or 14 corners and we are generally quite good from corners that being said the corner quality themselves wasn't really good and he looked a little bit rusty he definitely suffered a little bit of the loss of children his movement but he still got into those promising positions in the box he had some one very good chance in particular where he sort of took his shot a little bit late so i think he's very much still a buy and it's interesting that tukil said about his fitness he said that it maybe he's getting tired so there are two ways to look at it you could say he needs more minutes to build the fitness because we know already that chilwell is going to be out till january so either or maybe he's not fit enough to play three games a week which 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 way would you interpret that i think he needs more minutes it's not like he's tired he can play as much as he want and if tukil wants to game manage he can and i just think at 5. Point, what he's 5.6 right now yes 5.6 too good a pick at that price to not take advantage of so i think i'm going to go there and what was interesting was when he put reese james on the left i thought reese was quite poor <coughs> reese is very one footed he really can't do anything with his left foot every single time he was cutting inside and trying to cross so that's really something not sustainable if we Losing the rotation on that side, I think is going to be with Aspi or Hudson Odoi at best. Yeah, you think James might get rested for the Watford game? Three ninety minutes back to back. The problem is we didn't win. If we had yeah. won, I would say with a lot more confidence you can rest James. But we need to win, especially with both Liverpool and City breathing down our necks. And Watford have got a little bit of an upturn in terms of their attack and stuff like that and the aspi i think aspi will probably replace chaloba christensen will replace thiago silva and we'll probably keep the rest of the back five the same because there's also no kante kante the loss of kante means that we can't really afford to mess around at the back too much cool cool so alonso is a buy for you alonso is a buy wait on lukaku i like lukaku from i think the west ham fixture 
I think it's a yeah. it's a perfect trajectory to hop off for Kane because you can get pretty much you can get uh, you can get this Brentford and uh, Norwich fixture and then immediately after that Chelsea where are Chelsea uh, Chelsea have Leeds and Everton. You can either hop on see what is happening with Ronaldo. Nor- Ronaldo has Norwich and Brentford. Chelsea have Leeds and Everton. So there's a clear hop off path also for Kane over there. Yep. All right. Uh... Let's talk about United. I quickly just want to mention a couple of things. I've been reading up on our new interim manager, Raf Ragnik, obviously quite a bit. And uh, very, very excited by the appointment. Very, very excited by what it's going to mean for the club in his uh, when he's uh, in his advisory role after his interim appointment as well. Because I'd be very surprised now if we don't get Ten Hag or Pochettino as uh, our managers in the summer. I think that's very, very nailed on. Uh, in terms of what you want to do, I think you also think about future planning because United's fixtures are going to turn. And Ragnik is a very forward-thinking manager, attacking-oriented manager. I've been reading up on him. Uh, so you might want to jump on a United asset in the ne- after the next two or three game weeks. But the very important thing with United is you actually want to see how we set up under Ragnik and who looks like the go-to option. I don't think it's going to be Ronaldo. Uh, I think one of Sancho, Rash or Bruno could uh, turn up his options. I've got a good feeling about Sancho because he likes a lot of quick that pass and move uh, kind of approach, very similar to what Liverpool do as well. And he likes pressing at the front. Sancho is used to playing in that sort of a system at Dortmund as well. So I don't think he'll need to be coached that too much. And he doesn't really like sideways passes. He doesn't really like non-risky football, which is why I think Bruno might become an option as well very soon because he likes only forward thinking. Bruno... Uh, Takes a lot of high volume risky passes. So just monitor that situation. Nothing to say much at the moment. Don't move on to a United asset before seeing how Ratnik sets up our team. And once you're That's confident, I think Palace. I think Arsenal also they're saying that his work permit won't really be finalized. But how much of an impact can he even have? Because you have Arsenal, which we play, I think you guys play Thursday, then Palace you play on Sunday. And if he is on yeah. place for Palace, how many time how much time? I think you're really seeing the impact only in the Norwich game, because you have that full week to work. Yeah, I'm saying after three, uh, that's what I'm saying, after three game weeks. You judge, you judge how, I, I, like a lot of people might want to just look at this new manager bounce and, you know, go blind into which United asset you're backing. I don't think you do that. I think you watch one game or two before jumping, but then you jump because the fixtures are there. Okay, just wait and watch. I don't know about Ronaldo. I do think like, you know, Ragnik is the sort of guy who will want to use his best players, but he seems to me someone who emphasizes the collective rather than the individual, the polar opposite of your previous manager. Exactly. If Donny becomes an option, I think that's 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 uh, something that might be very very interesting, uh, because he's just 5.7 million midfielder. So again, one to add to the budget bracket as well. And he's looked good every time I've seen him, especially in the last two weeks. I think his performances have been good. So right, interesting. We just what have a quick look there? at the fixtures for game week 14. Sure. Just now, captaincy. I think as usual, we've been talking about Salah. If you want to go against, I like Kane. If you want to go against, I'd much rather go Jota or Trent rather than Kane. Mm. Keep I'd it stick in the to Liverpool. Liverpool. Keep in Liverpool. Uh, best team in the country right now in attack. I don't think Spurs have done anything to indicate they're even close to matching Liverpool. Yeah, at the I'm moment. not seeing anybody else who really inspires. And let's not spend time on this, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play the various game, variance game, Jota is getting stronger underlings. Maybe you bet on that if you want to differentiate. I don't think you bet on Kane. Right. Let's just do our teams. Then we can yep. do maybe a short Q&A. Cool. How many minutes in are we? We are 45. So I think we can. We targeted under an hour. I think we can get the content in there. Cool. Uh, so for the benefit of the listeners, this is I'll Bucket quickly... Steel. 
This is Bakar's okay. team. I haven't got his team, so I'm just reading out his score. It's from Scott from the previous week. He's got Ramsdale, James, Trent, Cancelo, and Alonso. Rafinha, Bumo, who will be benching this week. I guess Antonio will come in. So it's Rafinha, Jota, Salah, Vardy, Antonio, Tony. So I was speaking to Bakar at around 5.30 a.m. this morning. And the best part is, I was just telling you before we come on, he goes to sleep at about the same time I wake up. So we have that overlap over there. So what he is thinking of, he also wants to do the Vardy to Kane move, but he needs about 0.5 to fund it. So he's looking at Rafinha possibly down for Gallagher. Do you see another alternate route to fund Vardy to Kane? <sighs> we would have to do Bumo to fodder. I prefer the... But Rafinha's... I mean, I'm happy to pay Rafinha for Brentford. I prefer Rafinha at home against Brentford more than I prefer Bumo versus Leeds United. Uh, especially because I think Bamford might be back for that Brentford game. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any other route. Either he has to do the Bumo fodder or the Rafinha to Gallagher. Yeah, there's no other route. There's absolutely no other route. What, which, which one would you do? <sighs> Rafinha to Gallagher. I think so. And my reasoning for that was Rafinha is possibly going to hurt you in the short term. Maybe for the, these two weeks, but after that, you'd want Gallagher anyway. So just take the take it on the chin in the short term. Yep. And not like Gallagher's fixture is poor this week. You can next week against away to United is not that bad. Even if you need to call him out from the bench, he's going to play Bumo away to Leeds. But if you need to get Gallagher off the bench against United, I think Palace yeah. can give you guys a fight. Our defensive uh, United is a good fixture. Our defense isn't good. So and at yeah, home, I think you obviously will be a bit more gung-ho. You're not going to set yeah. up how you did against Chelsea at home to yeah. Crystal Palace. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, this is my to... team. Go on. Very similar to Buckers. Ramsdale, Cancelo, Trent, James, Alonso in defense. Foden, Salakab, Jota, Antonio, Tony and Vardy on the bench. Foster, Bumo, Livramento and Brownhill. So I've got 0. 0.5 in the bank. I'm thinking Foden to Gallagher, Vardy to Kane. Like it. Ignoring Gundo? How do you Can't afford. Gundo? Can't afford. Because I need to upgrade Vardy to Kane. There's, for that, I need to raise how much around a quarter mil, million, million and a half. Will you still remove Foden if uh, Pep says uh, that he's fit? That's, that, that's when it becomes tricky and I think I will. You think but, you will still? I think I will still. Because, again, Foden, with Pep, you never know. Even if he says he's fit, is it any guarantee he's going to start? I mean, if he's saying he's fit, uh, if the, he the said, money game is the... I agree with you saying the Watford fixture is a, definitely the money game. But, like, with Pep, the thing is, uh, unless he says he's going to start, I don't really trust him. He's never going to say he's going he's to He's never going to say. That's why I said it's never going to happen. So, And I like how it sets me up this move because it leaves me about 0.6 left over. I can upgrade Bumo to Corne against Newcastle. That's a fixture I'm really eyeing up next week. I'll I tell you what, Zozov. I, I get why Kane looks like the asset to have in the next two game weeks. And I, I get you don't want to lose out on points there. But at the back of my head, the 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 voice is telling me that City assets are better than Spurs. I know, I know absolutely what you mean. Especially the Watford fixture. Because against Villa, I don't think they'll tonk Villa. Yeah. They'll probably get one or two. But I think they'll yeah. probably tonk Watford. Exactly. In my head, it's like City assets are the better assets. Like... That's the thinking. Think about it. I get why you want. I get it, but but step. after that statement from Rogers, I just can't do it. Yeah, and it also sets you up structure wise because I know you're going to go to Lukaku very very soon as well. So I just think it sets you up structure wise. And I I really want to get Corne also against Newcastle. I think that could really be 
party time for Kone there. The compromise is going to be either Foden or Antonio. In your team, the compromise is Foden. In my team, the compromise is Antonio. Antonio. That's pretty much that yeah. it in terms of structure. So, cool. Tough decision. Your team. Uh, right. I've got two free transfers I rolled last week. I've got Ramsdale as keeper, Trent, Cancelo, James in defense. I've got uh, Salah, Foden, Jota, Gallagher, and Bumo. Uh, and I've got Kane and Tony. Uh, I'm probably going to uh, sell. I'm looking at doing. Uh, Duffy and Mopé to uh, fodder striker. I'm looking at Locardia who played 22 minutes. I'm just hoping to get lucky there. I have 5.2 million and not 5.3 million for a striker, which has probably gone down to 5.1 million because Duffy fell in price. Otherwise, I would have gone for uh, Dennis. And I'm looking to upgrade Duffy to Alonso. That's my thinking at the what moment. Broja? Foden... What's Broja like? Five? Five million. I could do Broja, but... At least you get somebody who plays because ultimately, like I know we are talking about, the... we had a discussion about this, the eighth attacker. The third sub, yeah. how much does it matter? But I think Broja could be in with a shout of starting any game. So instead of getting he, fodder, he, unless you have a specific use, if you want to upgrade that user money to upgrade Bumo. I'm just thinking more than upgrading Bumo, I know that I'm going to need cash for a United asset or a or an Antonio in the future. I think I'll need cash there. That's that's the which is a fair which is a fair assumption, I think. Yeah, so that's the thinking. I'd, I what about Foden? Forward... You know, you're not thinking of Foden out at all. I've thought about Foden to Gundo. It depends on what Pep says. Uh, and I think if Pep says that he's going to be fit, I actually like Foden for the Watford game. That's the game I want Foden for. That's the game I want City assets for. Uh, I mean, if I get and even cash... After, and I, in the run after is great. I mean, if I can upgrade a Boomer to a Bilbao or a Gundo also, I don't mind it. I, I generally like the idea of getting nine, seven or eight spots out of the nine spots you allot, allotted for the, the top three guys. teams. From the big guys. I just like that idea as a strategy. And there's a lot of value on offer. So that's the thing. I get what you say. Yeah. Just... Before before we move on, I want to talk about Rudiger. If I don't go Alonso, is Rudiger an option? Because he's not that guy who is at the back all the time. He's more nailed than anybody in that Chelsea team. He's making a lot of forays. He's a massive threat on set pieces. I think we're... What do you think? I think if you were to buy, you still buy Alonso. But at this point, I wouldn't necessarily... I know Bakker did the exact same move last week. Rudiger to Alonso, but just after watching that, I don't really don't think moving out Rudiger is a priority. I think if I had Rudiger and James, something like that, I would stick. But I'm buying a Chelsea defender now. Rudiger or Alonso. I still buy Alonso. You'd go Alonso. Yeah, it's just it's just on. so much more fun to watch. If he's taking every corner, he's gonna take every free kick, he's gonna be linking around the box. Cool. The, the engagement you watch while watching Chelsea game is far better. Sold. Sold. I love Alonso. I was very early on him in his first breakthrough season as well. Just love the player. So not no, no. I know what the f- fun is to watch a Chelsea game as an Alonso owner. And then... let's just do a quick Q and A. Cool. We'll we'll run this for uh, about three or four minutes because yeah, it, it to work very quickly. Uh... We have a few super chats. Let's go yeah, uh, one from Ankit. Ankit is asking if he should do Wadi Foden to Kane Gallagher. It's what Zoff is planning on doing. So there you have your answer. And he's got a bench of Duffy, Livra, MacArthur. Should I, uh, you know, uh, strengthen his bench rather than uh, do the proposed movie thing? What do you think, Zor? Do the pro- do the movie thing. I think do that first. Agreed. There's also one super chat from earlier from Guto. He's asking Raul, I guess, as Jimenez to Pookie, Wilson, or Wood to do Tierney to Alonso. I think I like Pookie. Pookie, but I still want to keep Raul one more week. Yeah. Yeah. But I get he wants to bring in Alonso for the Watford fixture. Mm. 
if yeah. if you had to pick one probably poke agreed uh gundo or bilva we are both on gundo, gundo at the moment bilva is still a good pick if you can't afford gundo he's more expensive right if i'm not mistaken it's about the same about the same cool uh son to jota yes jota prioritize jota as simple as that whoever you have prioritize jota even if it's selling son i'm very clear on that what do you think of gabby j question from debrut das i thought he was incredibly unlucky and he actually deserved all the points that gundogan got uh, in that game as well just really really unlucky to not uh, get points uh, bakul he's asking should he uh, bakul's asking if he should do saka to gundogan off yeah yes definitely saka's possibly injured yep alonso rex alonso so and uh, what is your take on santo gundogan a lot of people might I I don't know if I'd move Son out for. Gundo. I wouldn't do that because yeah, I still prefer Son. Jota, Son, Gundo, probably in that priority. But at the same time, if I was buying one, but if I'd you ask me, Gundo. I'd buy Gundo. Yeah, but you wouldn't sell Son to Gundo this week. Doesn't because right. Villa's pretty tight. Don't do it this week. I actually think Brentford is the better fixture than the Norwich fixture. Norwich fixture isn't easy now. Super chat from Tarun. Should I do Antonio to Kane or Bumo to Gundo? Basically, should I prioritize Spurs? Could do Bumo to Son also. Interesting. Antonio to Kane for me. Yeah, I agree. That being said, Bumo to Gundo feels like a bigger upgrade. I agree. I agree. It's just that Kane could go berserk right in the next two game weeks. That's that's the thing. That's true. But Antonio, but. If you told me Antonio is is Antonio going to match Kane or is Bumo going to match Gundo, I'd say there's a higher chance of the former. I agree. So is, uh, does your answer change off? A very difficult one. I, with the captaincy not a factor, I do Bumo to Gundo. Cool. I agree as well. You've changed my mind because I was on the fence anyway. Ah, one more question. Last question. Yes, just one more. We just we okay. hit the hour mark. Okay, cool. Uh, Fonels or Bowen for the West Ham run? Bowen, Bowen for me, easily, easily. No more super last... chats, please, guys. Last one. Okay, he's just he's yeah. just telling us that he got in AS, uh, got ASM to afford Jota, hoping ASM pays off. Good luck. Yes, I like uh, ASM for the next two at least. All right, guys, that's it. We need to head to work. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us, and we'll probably love the morning shift isn't so bad, even if we wanted to. We Friday can do something on like Friday morning, I think. Let's go. I want to see the United game. I don't want to do the pod on Thursday without the United game. Yeah. So it'll either be the Thursday evening or Friday morning, depending on how our schedules sync up. But uh, thank you for joining us and uh, good luck this game week, guys. Good luck and see you. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.